So, anybody feeling a little anxious right about now? You know, that clip you just saw, it's from probably the most nerve-wracking movie I ever watched in my life. It's a documentary called Free Solo, and it's the story of a climber named Alex Honnold. Alex was the first climber in the world to ever climb El Capitan, which is in Yosemite National Park, by a method known as free solo, free soloing. Now, free solo climbing, it's exactly what you just saw, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You climb up a cliff with no ropes, with no harnesses, and essentially, if you fall, you die. And even if you get up halfway and you don't think you can make it or you get tired, there's nowhere to go because when you're 2,000 feet in the air on a cliff, there is nowhere to go. It's, it's the most extreme and most dangerous thing you can ever think of, and it's a really fascinating movie if you haven't seen it. But recently, I actually caught Alex. He was doing a TED Talk, and I was watching his speech, and he was talking about how he prepared for this climb. And he's talking about the scariest, most dangerous thing you can imagine, and yet he said that on the day that he did his climbing, when he broke the record, he felt like it was the most comfortable, natural experience that he could have. Now, why was that? Well, he described how in the months leading up to the climb, he had actually climbed up the cliff in different sections using ropes and harnesses, and he memorized every handhold, every foothold, every crack and crevice in that rock to the point that he said, I could close my eyes and I could visualize every move like it was second nature. He could just memorize the entire thing and just climb up in his mind. It had been so hardwired into his brain that he said on the morning that he did the climb, it was almost like second nature. He barely even had to think about it. Now, here's my question. What if you and I can do the same thing with peace and joy? What if positive, encouraging, life-giving kinds of thoughts were the thoughts that my mind just carried around as a default mode? What if peace and joy got so hardwired into your brain that even when you faced a situation that would lead normal people to be fearful and anxious, you would experience something else? What if something that seems so scary to you now could actually become something that feels comfortable and even natural to you in the future. Well, I don't know where you are today. Maybe that seems impossible, but I'm here to tell you that it isn't. It can happen. It really is possible. It's possible for you and me to train our minds just like we train our muscles. You know how your, your, your muscles work, you know? You can train your muscles and your body through muscle memory to do skills and movements that maybe you can't do now, but through training you can do later, your mind is the same way. The muscle memory of your brain can be trained to default toward peace and joy instead of always running toward fear and anxiety. Well, if you're just joining in with us and you haven't been here the past couple of weeks, we're in week three of a series called Hope and Anxiety. And each week we've been building a platform and we've been building on that, a, a, a way for us to get hope in the midst of the anxious feelings that we often feel in this world. And if you haven't seen the first two messages, I highly recommend you get caught up online or through our podcast. But so far we've been learning some important foundational truths. We said that 
We're going to have to take a holistic approach if we're ever going to turn fear and anxiety into joy because we're all made up of what's known as soul, spirit, and body. See, our spirit is our belief system. It's what influences the kinds of things that we wind up saying to ourselves internally. And that part of us, that inner voice that we have, that's our mind, our soul. And that's what we think about. And science is now telling us that what we think about can actually affect our physical bodies, the physical makeup of our brains. See, we create these neural pathways. We hardwire our brains to think in one direction or another. And then our brains, of course, control our physical bodies, our physical well-being. See, this is why you know this is true. Stress can make you sick. Just the thoughts that you have and the way that you think can make your blood pressure go up. It can, your thoughts can actually make an ulcer in your stomach. Think about that. That's an amazing thought. We can even turn on genes and turn on chemicals that, that are within our body just by the thoughts that we think. Our thoughts are remapping the structure of our brains and our bodies. Now, this can be good news for a lot of us, and here's why. Because it says that even if you're pre or genetically predisposed to uh, suffer from anxiety, maybe it runs in your family, or maybe it's just something that you sort of hardwired into your, or into your genes, you still have some control over it. You still have control over your thoughts, and as you control those thoughts and what you think about, you can actually begin to reverse the trend to an extent. You can change uh, what uh, grooves or neural pathways have been built into your brain, and you can actually change that over time. You can actually regroove the pathways in your brain, and that is why we said in week one, sometimes in severe cases, some of us need to revert to medications in order to help us get to the place where we can think better thoughts. We said it's just like a cast that you would put on a broken arm. It, it temporarily gives our thoughts support, and it gives us the time to restructure the brain's neurons and pathways. And then last week, remember, we walked through this four-step process. We talked about habits that we can build into our lives that will actually combat the anxious thoughts or the fears that come into our minds when we have them. This week, I want to take you on a different journey. I want to, I want to turn it to the other side of the coin. I want us to get proactive. I want to give you some steps that will build some habits into your life that will actually prevent the anxious thoughts from coming to you in the first place, not just to combat them once they're there. And these habits really are. They're like what you saw in that clip. They're like climbing a mountain over and over and over again, learning the handholds, memorizing the path all the way up, and you can literally rewire your brain with habits that will keep you in a mental place where there's peace and there's joy and I know you may be skeptical, but listen, these, these are not tricks. These are not psychobabble. They're not just mental uh, tricks that I'm teaching you. This, this is stuff that comes right out of God's Word. I want to read to you uh, the passage from the Bible that we've been using kind of like a guide through this whole series from the book of Philippians chapter 4. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Now remember those words. We're going to come back to them. Present your request to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. So today I want to teach you just some habits and some practical kinds of things you can do that come right out of these verses. And if you'll just give yourself to these practices over time, you can start to heal some of those negative pathways that have been built into your brain that you've built over years of negative thoughts and worry and anxiety. 
But first, let me talk to you about why this is so much of a big deal. Did you know that most of the activity that goes on inside your brain is non-conscious? In other words, most of the stuff that your brain does every single day is, are things that you don't even think about. In other words, there's a deeper part of you that's down inside of, of, of your mind that's been trained in you over time, over your lifetime, in fact. You might want to think of it this way. It's like the default mode of your thinking. And for all of us, we're all, we all have this. We've all done damage to our thinking patterns, to our brain's pathways, through our negative, worried, anxious thinking. And one thing that's very interesting that I just learned recently, and I never thought about it this way, maybe you have, haven't either, the brain is the only organ in your body that doesn't naturally heal itself. Think about it this way. When you, when you injure your arm, when you cut your skin, when you break a bone, your body has natural ways of just healing itself. I mean, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to turn on the healing mechanism when you get a cut on your hand. It just does it automatically. You just give it time and give it the support that it needs, and your body has mechanisms that will heal itself without you thinking about it. The brain's not that way. In order for us to heal the areas of our brains through these, that these negative pathways have developed, we have to consciously turn it on. We have to have new thinking patterns to develop new habits, better ways of thinking. And that's what the practices that I'm going to teach you today are going to help you to do. They assist you in healing your mind and changing your default way of thinking and your default way of seeing the world. And that's how you're going to be able to fight off anxiety before it ever starts. We're calling today's uh, habits, we're calling them hope habits. And the first one I want to teach you is simply this, contemplative prayer and meditation. In other words, I want to teach you a process where you quiet your mind and you slow down your thoughts. Now, before we get into this, let me be real clear about what this is not, okay? Because sometimes we hear the word meditation and many people start to think about new age things and yoga and, you know, just sitting in a, in a, in a pose somewhere and doing all weird stuff and chanting. No, it's not that. Not at all like that. See, this is not about emptying your mind of all thoughts. This is about filling your mind with better thoughts, of, of, of putting your mind on things that, that God says, on positive things. And again, this comes right out of the scripture that we just read. Remember, in verse 8 of that passage in Philippians, he says, whatever is true and noble and right, and all of those things, he says, think about these kinds of things. See, when the writer here says that we need to think right, pure, and lovely thoughts, he means fill your mind with them. In other words, meditate on things like that. We should dwell on these things, on positive, life-giving thoughts. In the older part of the Bible, the prophet Isaiah, he says this about God. He says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. See, when you enter into a time of, of prayer and meditation, you're not emptying your mind. You're fixing your thoughts on one thing. You're doing active meditation on God and on what God says is true. And you're putting your mind in a place where you can just slow things down and you can experience God's love and you can express love to God. Instead of what we normally do, because think about what we normally do. Normally we're in this constant racing of thoughts. Many of us find ourselves just, we can't even slow the thoughts down. They come at us so fast. They're negative, they're anxious, they're worrisome. It's the reason many of us can't even fall asleep. It's because we can't get our minds to just slow down. This practice will help you to change that. It, it gives you a, a place where you can experience anxiety leaving your mind and leaving your body and peace and joy filling your mind and filling your body. And you may think, well, I, I don't have time for this. 
I don't have hours to spend on this, but you don't have to. Did you know that studies show us that if you just spent 15 minutes a day and you did it over a long period of time, now you have to practice it for a while, but the studies show that if you spent 15 minutes a day for eight weeks, studies tell us that if you will do this pointed meditation and prayer, that you could do a before and after brain scan and you would see a noted difference in your brain scan if you did it 15 minutes a day for eight weeks. That's how powerful this practice can be. So let's talk about it. How do we get this done? I'm going to give you five steps that you can begin to practice. Number one, find a place and find a time. Now, this needs to be a place that is comfortable for you. It's somewhere you can get where you're private and there's no distractions around, which means the phone's got to go away for a bit. I know that's tough for some of us. You need to pick a place where you can be somewhere that you can get to very easily. It's somewhere that you like to go, somewhere you like to go. And my advice is you set some type of alarm. Maybe put your phone over the other side of the room and just set an alarm for a, a, a certain length of time. Now, I mentioned 15 minutes, and maybe you say, well, I don't have 15 minutes. That's too long, and, and, and it might be for some of us. So start somewhere. Maybe you want to start with five minutes and then go up from there, or maybe you want to start with 10 minutes. But whatever you decide, carve that time out, get a time, and get a place. Number two, step two, start by relaxing your body and relaxing your mind. And this will take a, a, a few minutes, especially when you, get, when you first get started. It may take a while, but spend the first couple minutes of just, just breathing, slow, deliberate breaths. You'd be amazed at how you can slow down your body and your mind just by intentionally breathing. Many people choose to breathe in through their nose and then out through their mouth and just be very intentional and breathe very, very slowly. And as you take these slow, deep breaths, Start focusing on the parts of your body that feel the most tense. Many of us carry a lot of stress in our shoulders and in our neck. So just think about where you feel the most tense. And just as you breathe, begin to relax that part of your body. Close your eyes and just focus on that part and just relax as much as you can. Do this until you start to feel your heart rate slow down a little bit. You start to notice that your body is beginning to relax. And once you get to that place, step three, start focusing on truth and on God's goodness. Now, this is where it's very, very important that you know the Scriptures, that you know the Bible, because this is the time when you can focus on truth from God's Word. Now, many of you say, well, I don't, I don't have a lot of Bible verses memorized. Well, I, you need to begin to do that. But maybe you want to take some Scripture with you and, and begin to read it, because this is the time when you want to focus on God's Word. You want to read Scriptures about God's goodness or His provision or His purpose or His strength or His peace. And if you need some help getting started, here are some suggestions. I would start in a great chapter from the Bible like Romans chapter 8. There are so many good truths hidden within that chapter. I'll just read you a couple of examples. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a great thought that is. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. If God is for us, who can be against us? For I'm convinced neither death or life, angels or demons, present or the future, nor any powers, height nor depth, anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You just bring scriptures like that with you and you just begin to read them and fill your mind with them. Another suggestion is go to the, the four biographies of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the four gospels in the New Testament. And, and look at just the words that Jesus says in, in those biographies and read Jesus' words. It, many of you, I know, have the Bible app on your phone. If you don't, you should have it. 
I use the Bible app pretty much every single day. In the Bible app, you'll find a section of reading plans. And if you go into the reading plans section, you can search topics. You can search the topic of anxiety. And what you'll find is a collection of all different scriptures that will help focus your mind on good, peaceful, positive, loving things that God has said or that scripture teaches us. And you can just spend time focusing on those scriptures. My point is this. While you're in that time and in that place where you're focused, where you're relaxed and you're breathing slowly, you're getting all the fears and the worries out of your heart and mind, you begin to then fill your heart and mind with the thoughts of God. Thoughts that are true, that are right, that are beautiful, like like the scripture that we read. And you'll start to begin to build these new, better pathways of thinking in your mind. And as you do this, like we talked about last week, the more you do this, the easier it gets for you to bring these thoughts to your mind because you begin holding on to these truths and you begin to be able to bring them up whenever the negative stuff comes again and you start to feel anxious, you'll be able to bring these up faster. So once you've filled your mind with God's truth and God's goodness, step four, just spend some time loving God. After you've meditated, after you've filled your mind with those thoughts, then you just speak to God and just open up your heart to him. And you just express your love towards him. Whatever that might look like or sound like for you in that moment. You might want to think about the things that you just read, the scriptures that you just read, and you want to respond to God by what, based on what you learned in that time or what you read. And you just respond to those truths. You say words to God like, God, I love you. God, I believe what I just read, that you are for me and you are not against me. So I trust you because you are with me in every moment. God, I'm so thankful that you're with me. I'm so thankful that there is nothing that happens to me today that you cannot handle, that nothing in all this world is ever going to separate me from your love. And you just express those thoughts to God. You center your thoughts and your life in the love and the peace of God. Because, see, Jesus said this to his followers. He said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, he said, remain in my love. See, that's what you're doing. When you spend time every day centering your mind on the thoughts of God, you are remaining in God's love for you. You're remembering that in God's love, there's no reason to fear. It drives out fear. I can rest. I can be at peace remembering these thoughts from God because my heavenly Father, he has overcome death in the grave. So I can trust him and I can be at peace. And finally, an important step in this whole process, number five, is you need to keep recentering your mind. See, if you're like me, when you try to sit down and get still and focus your mind on just one thing, it's like you can't keep all the stuff from coming back. You know how you, you feel like you just follow the rabbit trails everywhere and you just can't, you just can't stop thinking about some things. And that's going to happen when you do this. And so when that happens, the best thing you can do is just not to, not to feel discouraged, not beat yourself up, but just to allow those thoughts to come and then you just set them aside. I've known a lot of people who, when they try to pray and meditate, they'll put a piece of paper with a pen in front of them. And when they have those anxious thoughts, or they think about something that I have to do today, and it starts to weigh on their mind, they just take the pen and they just write it down. It's their way of saying, okay, I had that thought. It's now over to the side. I'm going to get back to what I was here to think about. It's just a way of keeping your thoughts centered on what you need to be thinking about and how to keep uh, focused in your time of meditation. Now, let me just say, as you start to do this, if you begin to put this practice into your life, try not to get discouraged if you just don't feel it every single time. Because it's not going to be like an earth-shattering experience every time you do this. In fact, you may not even notice that your patterns of anxious thinking have changed, at least not for the first few weeks. 
But my encouragement to you is don't quit. It's worth it. Stay at it for at least eight weeks. I mean, it takes a while to change a bad habit or to change bad thinking. Because think about it this way. You've spent years creating these negative pathways for your brain to think. It's going to take some time for you to dig out of those ruts and to dig some new ones for your brain to settle into. So spend the time that you need. Don't, don't get discouraged. Hang in there. Stick with it. And over time, these truths will begin to get buried into your heart and to your mind. And it'll go way down into the subconscious mind, right? That, that, that place down into the core of your thinking. And over time, you will see a difference. And again, look at it this way. Most of our time in our day, we spend meditating and rehearsing negative thoughts, worrisome thoughts, anxious thoughts. You owe it to yourself to at least carve out a portion of your day where you think about something better, where your mind is fixed on something better, something that's good for your body, that's good for your mind, rather than something that actually is doing harm to you. So that's prayer and meditation in a nutshell. Those are the steps that you can sort of, you can sort of take. But I want to give you another uh, one of Hope's habits that you can start working on. And this is so powerful. I want to talk to you about the habit of gratitude. Did you know that just expressing thanks for things in your life all throughout your day also can change the default settings of your brain? <laughs> See, again, we actually train our brains on the things that we want to focus on. We do this all the time. I I'll give you an example. A while back, my family was on a road trip together, and we were trying to do one of those fun games to keep our minds occupied on the road trip. And so we did that thing where you look for uh, license plates on different cars from all the 50 states. And my daughter was keeping a list, and we were checking it off, and we were finding all kinds of license plates all along the roadway. And we got to where we were going, and we actually stopped playing the game. We put the list away, but every time we would drive somewhere else, I couldn't stop looking and seeing all these license plates, and I kept noticing them. It was like they were all around me. I'll give you another example. A few months ago, I was uh, planning on buying a, a car, and I researched it online, and I was looking for a certain type of car and what I thought I could afford, and, and so I started thinking about a certain type of car. And as I would go driving around the community, it was like I saw those type, type of cars everywhere. It was like they're all over the road. I'd never noticed it before. But then, once I bought the car, I don't notice it anymore. In fact, I don't care what anybody drives. I don't, I don't care. I'm just, I'm just locked in on what I'm doing. See, here's my point. We train our brains on what we want our brains to notice. And if you can train your brain to notice gratitude, you will start to see it more often. You'll start to see more things that you can be thankful for. See, gratitude's not a feeling. Gratitude is an action that I do. See, I look for things, I notice things, and then gratitude requires me to express it. Let me tell you another thing about gratitude. You may have never thought about it this way. Gratitude is not something that you do for God. God doesn't need your gratitude. God is just fine the way he is. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know who needs gratitude? I need gratitude. You need gratitude. Now, why do we need gratitude? Because it changes my perspective on my life. It begins to focus me on the positive. Now, does that mean that I just walk around in rose-colored glasses and I don't see anything negative and I don't worry about anything that's bad? No, 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 that's not it. That's not it. There are things that I need to notice and things I need to do. But here's the difference. Gratitude means that I don't walk around every single day allowing all those negative things to color over all the other things in my life. Because the truth is, I have so many reasons to be grateful. And so do you. And we need to notice it, and we need to express it if we're ever going to train our brains in a different way. 
So let me give you some steps, just some things that you can begin to do to build gratitude as a habit into your life. Number one, just start looking for everything you can and write it down, things that you can be grateful for. And I say write it down because that is so very important because you're going to have to go back and look at it in this practice. So here's what I would tell you. Don't try to do this all at once. Don't just sit down and say, I'm going to write out everything I'm grateful for and, that, and I'm going to be done. No. Set a goal. And every day, just say, you know what, I'm going to find three things today. Maybe four, maybe five. But just start low. Just say, I'm going to find three things today that I'm grateful for. And then when you find them, you write them down, just three at a time. And then the next day, you do it again. And you just keep doing that. And you keep doing it for, before you look at it, just do it for several weeks, maybe even several months. And, you, and, and I'm telling you, after two or three months of doing that, I challenge you, pull your list out and you just read over it. Now, make sure you're specific. <laughs> Be as specific as you possibly can. But you read over that list after two or three months. And I'm telling you, you will be amazed Number one, at how much is on your list. But you will also be amazed at how you have now trained your brain to begin to be on the lookout all in your world for things that you are thankful for instead of all the things that are bad. Here's another thing you can do. Number two, set an alarm on your phone and just review your hour. I know this is helpful for a lot of people, especially for those who wind up being kind of ADD and you just, you just can't keep your mind focused on things. This will help you. Put an alarm on your phone and it, have it go off once every hour where it'll just buzz in your pocket or just give you a little tone and it'll remind you, okay, now I want you to go back and when you hear that alarm, review the last 60 minutes and see if there's not something in that last 60 minutes that you can be thankful for. Now you may say, well, I don't know if I can find anything. Well, you know, you stayed alive for 60 minutes. I think that's something to be thankful for. You know, God, thanks for keeping me alive. But I'm telling you, you'll find so many things. You'll look back on the last 60 minutes and you'll say, you know what, that was a great meal that I just had. Or, you know what, that conversation, that was a good thing. Or this task that I completed. Or this memory that I just had. And again, all this is doing is just training your brain to dwell on the positive and not just the anxious thoughts. Number three, spend some time imagining going without things. See, you experience moments in your day, things you come across, people that you interact with. How about just take a moment and just think about the things that you're interacting with, the people you're inter interacting with, and just think, what if I didn't have that? What if I didn't have this person in my life? Imagine your life without a car. You know, most of the world doesn't have a car to drive. They don't get to drive every single day. What would your life be like that? Imagine your life without your apartment or your house that you live in. What would that be like? Imagine your life without coffee. And then think about the people. How about this person? What if I didn't have this person in my life? I mean, you could, the list could go on and on and on. My favorite outfit, whatever it might be. And you just use those thoughts, and as you think them, express gratitude for whatever it is you're thinking about. And again, just another habit. It will train your brain to notice things. It keeps you on the lookout for positive instead of negative things. Now, I mentioned this uh, last week. We mentioned it right at the beginning of, this, of the series most of the stuff we're, we're teaching in this series, these practices, come from a book. It's called Finding Quiet by J.P. Moreland. And if you want to check that book out, I've put a, another link there on our sermon notes uh, that you can find right online, and you can check that book out. But real quick, as we wrap this up, I want to give you one last habit that I've been practicing recently that is really helping me. And again, I don't, I'm not telling you to replace those other two. You need all of this stuff built into your life. Uh, but this is something that I've been doing, and I really like it because it doesn't take a whole lot of time, doesn't take a whole lot of effort. It's something that you can do as you go throughout your day, and it's a habit that has really helped me lean into the positive in my thinking. It's the habit 
of giving and receiving compliments. And here's all you do. You just set a goal every single day, first of all, that I'm going to give out five compliments out loud to somebody in my life today. Not to the same person. I'm going to find five opportunities in my day, and I'm going to express a compliment to somebody. And it doesn't have to be anything huge or earth-shattering. It can be something as simple as, hey, I like your shirt. But it can also be a little bit more intimate. You can say, you know, honey, you really are a great mom. I mean, our kids are so lucky to have you. I mean, it could be anything. Sometimes, you know, I'll get through my day because this is not as easy as you think. You say, well, that sounds simple, but, you know, it's sometimes difficult. I'll get through my day sometimes, and I'll think, oh, I didn't give away, but maybe two or three compliments today, and I have to start all over the next day. But it forces you to find the good in the people around you and to find the positive in the people around you. That's giving compliments, but there's another side of this, and that's to receive them. Now, here's why this is so important. I'll bet that most of you, because this is true of me, when you receive a compliment, your natural reaction is to discount it, to throw it away, to sort of act like it doesn't matter. Like, for instance, somebody says to you, hey, I like your shirt. That's really nice. And you'll say something like, this old thing? I got it off the clearance rack at Kohl's. It's no big deal. Or somebody will say, you know, your hair looks nice today. Like, this? I just ran out the door. I didn't even do anything to it. It's a mess. Or they'll say, you know, that, that, that thing you accomplished today, or you, that thing you did for me, uh, that was really nice. I really appreciate that. And he's like, I didn't take any effort. Uh, and that was nothing. All day long, people are offering us compliments, and we're just discounting the compliments that we receive. So one day I'm with my counselor, and he tells me something. He says, you realize what you're doing when you do that, right? I'm like, no. He says, compliments are like medicine for your brain. I mean, compliments are literally helping rewire those positive pathways in your brain. He said, whenever you throw away a compliment and you discount it, he said, you throw away another chance for your brain to heal. So here's the habit that I want you to develop, okay? Every time someone pays a compliment to you, I want you to receive it, and I want you to allow it to go into your subconscious. Now you're thinking, how do I do that? It's very, very simple. It's ridiculously simple. Here's how you do it. When you hear a compliment, you look the person in the eye, you smile, and you say these words, thank you, I appreciate that. Now, all three are important. Look at them, smile, and say, thank you, I appreciate that. That's how it gets embedded into you. There's just something subconscious that allows you to receive it. So that's it. You give out five compliments every day, and then when someone compliments you, look them in the eye, smile, and say, thanks, I appreciate that. I know it sounds cheesy, it sounded cheesy to me until I tried it. And I'm telling you, it shocked me how much I had been discounting the compliments in my life. And really, the other side of it, I was really ashamed at how many times that I think of things that are positive that I could say to people, and I just don't. I hold them in, and I don't express those things to other people. I see the good, but I just, I just hold it in. Or how much did I just, these people in my life that I love, that I want to build up, I'm not offering them the chance to heal their brains, and I'm not giving them the compliments that I should. It was embarrassing to me. But I'll tell you one thing. My family, we have adopted this habit. In fact, I went home and I made this a rule. I said, guys, this is what we're doing from now on. So I made it a family rule. We give out as many compliments, hopefully five a day, that we can, and we always smile and, and, and look at somebody, and we receive a compliment, and we say thank you. And if you know my family and you run into them, you ask them this question. You say, now, how's that going in your life? Just ask them if you ever run into my family. 
And I'll tell you what they'll tell you. You just say, how has the last year been in your, in your, in your house compared to what it was? And I guarantee you, they will tell you, it's changed. Our house has changed. It's a completely different place. Now, we're not perfect, not at all. We get a lot of things wrong, but it's better. It's more fun. It's more encouraging. It is a more positive place to be. There's more joy in our house because of it. Well, I wish I could keep going, guys, but I'm, way out, I'm out of my time, and I, and I just want you to know I'm praying for you that you will lean into these practices, these three habits, meditation and prayer, gratitude, and the compliments thing. And whatever you do, don't quit. Stick at it. Do this for weeks and hopefully for a couple or three months because it takes that much time. Keep doing it until they finally become habits of hope in your life. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for these tools that you've taught us today. I pray that we would lean into them, not be discouraged, but we would give our minds over to these things so that we might develop these habits of hope in our lives so that we might uh, defeat the anxiety that many deal with. God, make that so. Help us to do that. Give us the strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you next week.